are, because we, we just tried to do an introduction, and it might have recorded. I give up. Either way. I give up. We're going to talk about Scream <clears throat> 6. Yay, Scream 6. We're going to talk about spoilers okay. to Scream 6. So if, you, if you're listening to this, because it is now on the internet, it is now available wherever you find podcasts, except for the couple places that are real dicks about getting it on their podcast thing. Most of them are like, oh yeah, please, come, come be a part of our... Our, our community and and then other places are like we'll get back to you in three months and i don't know why that takes so long it must be just like one guy that sounds like a tech problem. you know what that means though eventually one usually listen, never one listener kitty listened she told me kitty did listen she so gave me feedback listener. the next morning while i was asleep <laughs> she, apparently she woke up real early and found out that it was somehow online i've received in 20 years maybe eight texts from your wife and five of them were about this podcast was it? Oh, five. I thought you were just going to get a wall of text. I don't know if there's a. That's a wall. That's a wall to me. <laughs> okay, you do. You do historically don't like to read books. She liked it though, so that's uh, not I, nothing. It's next to nothing, yeah. but it's All not right, officially nothing. So, Scream Six. Scream. Scream Six. I saw that movie. We saw it in the theater last week, and today we're going to talk about spoilers. If you want a spoiler-free look at it, there's a review up on ScareValue.com, which I forgot to plug last week along with our Twitter and I Facebook. I didn't forget. Please don't talk over the plug. It is Scare Value <laughs> at Twitter, and you can find it at Scare Value on Facebook. There's also a Pinterest that I don't know what it is or how to use it, but I started putting things on the Pinterest I, That's board. for arts and crafts, I, I believe. Uh, horror is like, art, my friend. <laughs> okay. I don't disagree. So I don't know if there's a place you specifically want to start, it is definitely recording, because this time there's a clock going up, okay. so I'm glad we re-recorded that intro. You, that's what you missed, riveting stuff. Another place you want to start, uh, but they I do have... They have names. That's where I wanted to start. I figured you would. Because we made some... If you listen to the previous week's podcast, or even our <laughs> brief... Unlikely. Yeah, well, numbers say that's correct, unlikely. Uh, if I don't, I'm not going to listen to this one either. Uh, oh, if you're finding this in the future, because this became a giant hit, this Again, is where we start. Unlikely. We are in Pete's basement. And no one is home except for the cats. That's, that's where we'll be if this turns into a big hit, too. I don't foresee things moving. I, Well, the problem is that it's easier for me to travel than you. Because I could set up a podcast studio pretty easily, but there's no point in doing it because no one I know lives near me. That's true. And I'm making them waste their time doing this. So it's better that I travel so that they come in with the least amount of hatred towards me as possible right uh, other than the baseline that i assume they naturally start with right yeah well that's that's accepted okay yeah you, all right it's been 29 years i've known you you can't get out of it now green six this is supposed to be our tight one this we is our thought tight. about this yes we're we gonna we're gonna keep this one in. so we made a lot of light the last two podcasts the brief brief one we recorded at the theater and the one that we recorded beforehand about how you can't remember the names of characters and i was thinking on the way over here i don't know the names of any of the new characters I still don't know. I was thinking this morning because I figured, oh, he's probably going to ask me that. And I could not, for the life of me, think of any of the new characters' names. Right. I I got one. I knew Quinn. Quinn? Quinn was the roommate. Oh, wait. That is Which roommate? The roommate in Scream 6 that is, it's spoiler, because we're going to talk spoilers, yeah, is one of the killers. Spoiler. It's the, Quinn. Oh, the, the one the who fakes her death. Dermot Mulroney's daughter. Dermot Mulroney is also one of the killers. Is he a ghost face, technically? I guess not. No, because I thought, mm, no, he never put on the costume, did he? 
I don't know that he he's didn't just put the it on proud there. papa of he's the ghost of face. three three That's serial killers. Good parenting. I don't care what he said in the movie. That is some good parenting. That is the best line in the movie when he just offhandedly says, "Was I a perfect father? No, no. His three serial killing children." So Quinn is the only one I remembered. I did no. look it up. Uh, the cute boy is what they call him throughout the movie. His name is Danny. Which one was cute? I... You saw this movie one week ago, <laughs> less than a week ago. All right, we uh, it's still not the one who lives, me. the one who does the only time in the series where somebody says, "I don't trust you. You can't come with us." And he goes, "You know what? Oh, Completely understandable." The guy in the other apartment. The guy in the other apartment. All right, see the guy that's dating oh, yeah, Samantha. He was named Cute Boy. He was Cute Boy, but his name was Danny, according to the he internet. He had a name. The, mm. I didn't think so. I, when I saw it a second time, <clears throat> it, they did say it once. But okay. So the other killer's name is Ethan, which I could not have gotten for a million dollars. The curly-headed kid? The curly-headed kid who, who, when you find out that their motive is that they are Jack Quaid's, Richie from the last movie's siblings, you can't unsee it. Of course he's Jack Quaid's brother. So her name is Quinn Quaid? Her name is, no, Quinn Kirsch, because his name was Richie Kirsch. Oh. Right. And Dermot Mulroney. They all have different names. So it's they, they all Wait. take fake fake names. What? Wouldn't it be easier just for him to fake his name in the last one? Who, Dermot Mulroney? No, Randy Quaid. Jack Quaid. Randy Quaid. Well, Randy Quaid is, yeah, you know. <laughs> I think he should probably fake his name if he wants to come back in Hollywood at this point. Uh, I don't think that'll help. Uh, all right. <laughs> He's still going to open his mouth at some point. So Dermot Mulroney. Dermot Mulroney was the highlight of the movie, perhaps. He was his... Oh, oh boy. He, he gives that other guy, like... A run for his money, as far as even though he technically wasn't a ghost face. Scream two, you know. Yeah, Timothy they, Oliphant. They even call it out in the movie that they're basically redoing Scream two. These characters are smart enough to know the movies they're in, and they they reference, like, yeah, this is like the last one. Like oh. we were in college, and it got bigger. And guess who the killer was the last time? It was a parent out for revenge. 100%. Guess what it was this time? A hundred percent. I so, picked that was the theme I picked up on. Like I caught that one. I'm like, ooh, this is Scream too. Literally, it now, was fun. They they do the the killer is dead fake out for the second time in the third movie, the uh, worst movie. I don't remember the third. Roman movie fakes his death all. so that you don't suspect it's him. So when he takes off the mask, you can be surprised, well disappointed. So they knew Roman beforehand in Scream Three. Like he was part of the movie. He didn't just show up. All right, Scream Six. Let's stay on focus. Well, I don't know if you're bringing up Scream 3. I just don't know how... I don't know how to talk to you. We're on Scream 6. Scream 6. Quinn is supposedly killed by Ghostface partway through the movie. Yeah. So you don't suspect it could be her at the end because you're not thinking of her. I don't like it when these movies do that, but this one did it way better than 3 because at least it was artistic where they're showing the reaction of our survivors from the last movie as they're hearing Ghostface in the other room. So there's... Like, you could make a case while watching the movie that it was done for an artistic reason so you don't question that she's not dead. In the third one, they just open a coffin and Roman's in it. It's just like there's no art to it in the third one, like much of the third one. Real quick, so when Quinn was faking her death, they could see it. That had to be her brother, right? Who was killed. But wasn't his excuse, his alibi, was he was at the student union Oh, I can't believe he'd lie on top of murdering all those people. No, It reminds me of the last one where I I would see online, a lot of people were angry that Billy cheated on Sydney. The killer was a liar too? Yeah. Last movie, a lot of people I saw online were were angry that Billy had cheated on Sydney. And I'm like, he tried to kill her and killed everyone else and killed her mother. Yeah. Like that's, that's the line? Cheating's not cool, bro. Well, she wouldn't sleep with him for a year. I mean, some of it she had coming. I'm not, I mean, whoops. Wasn't that, was, wasn't that a note of Kitty? <laughs> to me, anyway. She's like, be careful. Don't say, don't alienate half your audience by attempting to be funny. I know, but this is the first time funny. I've done it. You I know. 
Careful, it's a slippery slope, apparently. You did it twice last week. Oh, I know. Kitty yells at me a lot. Now, I want to talk mostly about the opening, though, because I think the opening is the highlight of the movie, but also leads to my, my one real disappointment in the film, because I think the opening is brilliant. It, halfway through the normal opening, the person that you're following, Samara Weaving from Ready or Not, uh, she's murdered by Ghostface, and then Ghostface removes his mask, and you just see who it is. And for the next five minutes, I was in the theater, biggest smile on my face going, we're going to get something completely new. And we're going to, I thought we're going to follow this guy because he walking on the street, passes by Tara, one of our main characters, and he's already knows her from class. And I'm like, we're going to get to watch how this character who probably won't know who his partner is. That'll be the mystery. And we're going to watch him, how he sets everything up, how he integrates himself. And it'll change the way we look at these other characters because some of them are really good friends with them. Some of them are related to him. We didn't get any of that. No. They just kill that dude immediately, which makes for a really fun opening. And it raises the stakes on itself. and It does all the things it should do. But I felt like it was a missed opportunity to do something really original. I I agree. It would have been super exciting. Could If if your killer had died, could we not have had his partner then right. as your... And you wouldn't know who it is. Right. So the movie could, but they didn't do that either. But you'd also have like extra clues because they'd talk about how we knew this guy who died and he was my roommate or he was my cousin. And you'd be like, well, now everyone's like an extra layer of suspect because I know someone is working with Absolutely. So either one of those scenarios would have been really fun. That would have been great. But this was still fun. It, it was, was a, fun. It was, a, it was a nice twist on the opening that... Even got me. I know. I remember nothing. What were you thinking when that mask came off? Because I was like, wow, we're really doing something. I said, hey, that's that guy from the new Willow series. I haven't seen the new Willow series. Well, I did. So that's what I thought when I saw him take off the mask. He's pretty tall for a Willow. From Buffy? Was she Allison Hannigan? Isn't Willow a short guy? A short fellow? Oh, yeah. Willow is short. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Anyway, Scream 6. It's early in the morning. It is. And we're not out in the street. I don't know what that is. I don't know the word. Is it for homeless? Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, opening, brilliant. Uh, One of the best ones they've done, I think. I agree. Because they they really changed up the formula a lot. Well, it was just fun. After you've done it, however many Scream movies we've done it, it's nice to see something that... Done exactly six. (sighs) All right. Again, (laughs) it is called Scream 6. Yeah. They, well, the, no. the hints in the title. Technically, they did it that one, the one screen movie, they did it multiple times. I know, that was another good one because it, it played with expectations. Four? Four. That's hey, right. Oh, look my at goodness. Me. All right. It, I, might, it might surprise you to learn the worst opening is Scream 3. No, that doesn't surprise me. That's where they get into the, all the, the voice changer being able to do everyone's voice, and it was just annoying, which I think they did again in this one. I couldn't tell. I tried the second time to figure out if it was the voice that that Samara Weaving's listening to is just the regular guy's voice or if he's using a voice changer. I couldn't really tell. I'm going to just assume it was his own voice. No. At some point, I'll, I'll say it again. I'll try to remember to pay attention to that. Yeah, I, I tried to, and I was like, I still okay. like walked away going, man, there were so many good ideas here that they didn't hit on, but they didn't yeah. go for. Yeah, but at least they tried something. And that kind of, like, I, I like the movie a lot. I gave it four out yeah. of five on the site, and okay. it's another great sequel. It's... You know, you know what you're getting at this point, which I think is the biggest downfall of the movie, honestly. I think it was more fun than Scream 2, honestly, as a, you know, sort of a, a parallel film. I think it was more, I think Dermot Mulroney having the two, I think having the two ghost face on the same, on the that screen killing somebody at the same time was super fun. Dermot Mulroney just made a fantastic 
villain for the end. Yeah, real comeback for him. <laughs> I've missed it. I don't know what he, I never bothered to look up to see what he's been doing lately. I but think good for that already. he was in Scream Six. Mm. Is the most recent credit I could find on his. Was, was Scream Six the newest one? So, <laughs> moving on. The, the 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 thing with this movie is that nobody dies. None of the none no. of the five returning people from last movie or nope. Kirby, none of them nope. die. Which is good because the movie spent the first half like really building up their characters to the point where oh I'm gonna see, I'm gonna be really sad when they die, which is really rare for a slasher film. So I, it, it makes sense that they kept them all alive. But. Initially, I was kind of not disappointed, but I was like surprised, maybe even slightly annoyed that everybody lived because I feel like it's not the best call. But that's the subversion of expectations this movie does: is that everybody lives. And notice the second time, Mindy, the twin. When she runs out of the scene at the end, uh, even yells out, "That's the subversion of the subversion." Everybody, we all lived, and it's like, yeah, she has to yell that out because I was too dumb to get it the first time. Oh. That that was a, a purposeful thing, not just a we want all these characters back. I just assumed it was they want all the characters back, so we. Well, can they have... might have done it for that reason too, but there was no reason not to kill Kirby. You could have, you could have gotten, you know oh. what I mean? You could have. Well, they basically walked Gale right up to the line. <clears throat> yeah. And then just decided at the last second to say to throw in a line. They do throw in a line at the end. They're going to be okay. Oh, I didn't even hear that. The very end of the movie that somebody still says. I missed it. Okay. I, I did feel like that was sort of tacked on the, oh, she's breathing. Get over here. But, all right, whatever. In case they don't want to pay her to. That was my other thought. Yeah, um, the, yeah no, okay. So they could have killed, I guess they could have killed Kirby. You're right. But I, I'm happy she survived. I like Kirby. I like Kirby a lot, too. Uh, we still don't know. Watching it the second time, we still don't know whether or not she is actually in the FBI. Oh. <laughs> because the information comes from Dermot Mulroney, who is a You're liar. You're going to tell me he's a liar now? Yeah, he might be. Mm. Well, he's lying about who his children are. Well. So basically, if you really liked Scream 5, Scream 2022, uh, like, like we really loved Richie. This was the Richie, everybody loves Richie movie. <laughs> Yep, that, that's, you know, I didn't think about that. I was comparing them more to Timothy Oliphant. Well, it, they very but much right. were making Scream 2, but they were making it with, with the heart of it is that we all love Richie. Okay, and Richie, and well, that's me, my opinion is yours here. Richie's plan is the first Ghostface plan that basically works because his plan is to frame Billy Loomis's daughter for the murders, and she finds herself in this movie blamed for the murders. Yeah. They, they, it worked. I mean, he, he didn't get to enjoy it. But. So this, his family cannot manage to kill one person they're trying to kill. <laughs> but he actually succeeded in his plot. Right. No, they didn't, right? The whole family has failed. The, it is, he's, is he a perfect father? No. <laughs> but, but he wasn't a part of it, right? The father, like, he just kind of stumbled on to what his oldest son had been doing? Or was I? No, that's about right. He just stumbled on, then his other two kids... They explain it away with, uh, did he take his love of these movies too far? Yeah, perhaps. Okay, so he found out after the fact. Like he, he, and then his other two kids also just happened to share the same psychotic gene because they come from the same psychotic family. I buy it. I buy it, too. I'm just making sure I understand. It wasn't a, like a little weird cult all along. It was... No, they, my they were... son is a... They were avenging his death because yeah. he was murdered. Now, the, the way they played it up was because... He wasn't even that angry that Samantha had killed him because he's a cop and he realizes, like, he had done horrible things. It's how brutally she murdered him with 22 stabs and cutting his throat and shooting him in the head because they're playing on the, hey, ghost, ghost of Billy, back again. They're playing on, they're still yeah. playing up that. 
side of it without actually doing it. I like that the ghost of Billy looked like he aged a lot between the two movies. They kept him in... The last time he was, like, right out in the reflections, this time he was in the shadows in the reflections. Okay, well... They, they cut... The, the budget's bigger, but not apparently for... For, for Skeet? For Skeet. Skeet Elite? I was happy to see him, though. I did want to see the ghost of Billy fight the ghost of Stu. Stu, was... Stu got referenced. They, they questioned whether he was dead, which is a long-running... I don't remember that part. Fan theory. Where was it? Um, the movie. When Kirby and Mindy are, are talking and nerding out about horror movies, Mindy says, if you believe Stu is dead, because they're looking at the TV that, that crushed Stu's oh, head. Oh, right, right, right. If you believe he's dead, and then they leave it like that, because that is that has been, I suppose, I guess it was actually the original plan for three. Was to have Stu kept alive? Stu would have been... But, okay, yeah. I'm glad they didn't do that. Are you? Because three is a disaster. I I don't know. Long lost brother? And not even somebody coming out and yelling, long lost brother. Well, it, <laughs> it's quality. I think what I want is my, my reveal to be shouted by a guy who's psychotic. That's what I want. Yeah, Dermot Rooney doesn't shout it, but he is psychotic. Right. It was, a, it was an a, a exuberant speech. That yeah. I guess I want the speech. I want the megalomaniac speech and explain it all to your heroes. So... Thumbs up. So everybody lives. We, everybody lives. The except movie, the new people whose names I still can't remember. Uh, nope, Danny lived. Cute guy. Good okay, boy. cute guy. Not that cute. Like, objectively, uh, good looking guy, but like, eh. I kept thinking that he can't was, be his defining quality. You remember the TV show Friends? And you remember there was like ugly naked guy and they'd see him through the window? I just kept thinking of that. I'm like, oh, it's ugly naked guy who lost weight. Like, I just. I couldn't. I couldn't leave the reference. I mean, I don't, don't want to like talk shit about him. He's better looking than me, but like he's not. That can't be his main attribute in life. Is like, well, what a what a cute boy. Come on. First of all, he's got to be forty years old. Well, it's better than having something else to be known for, I guess. Still, though, for an ancillary character, maybe one of the best ones they've ever done. Because when confronted with not being allowed to be a part of their group at the end because they don't trust him he accepts it and says smart smart play be safe I'll see you later and then he does see them later right he's the one who runs in and says oh I checked into the hospital and uh, uh, Gail and Mindy are going to be fine okay I don't even I vaguely remember him coming back at the end I don't know why he even knows who Gail is oh that's a valid point you there, there's up. a couple of things with him that make <clears throat> me wonder about the, make I... me wonder about the future uh, first of all when Quinn is fake getting killed, isn't this motherfucker looking out the window into her window when she's faking it? Yes. Now, he's moved to a different window to try to get their attention, but he never went back and said, let me check in on this murder happening in front of me. Uh, no, didn't he run downstairs? Or oh, you might be right. <clears throat> okay, I don't remember. I'm still trying to suspect him, even though the movie's long over. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't him, by the this way. This movie, by the way, you asked me when we watched it, and I said it didn't. It did have a post credit scene. Oh, it did? It is two seconds long, <clears throat> and it is Mindy standing in the park saying, not every movie needs a, a post credit scene. Oh. That is the post credit scene. That's pretty solid. It was pretty great. It was, you know what? It was worth it. Oh. No, I'm sad that we left. But who would have thunk it? I thought the acting was, was, was way better in this one than the last one from the new people. In particular, uh, last movie, a Dermot lot of people. Mulroney? Well, that I mean, the people that returned. Oh, the survivors from five. I don't remember them from five. Well, Jenna Ortega got to do a lot more because she wasn't confined to a wheelchair in a hospital bed. Yeah, and people didn't really like um, 
Sam Samantha's portrayal in the last movie, but I thought she was really good in this one. I thought she was fine in both movies. Yeah, I thought she was fine in both movies. I thought she was really good in this one. The one that really stood out to me was uh, Chad, the brother, the twin. Because he, he, I liked him in this. He did. He had to do like three different roles. He had to be the slightly romantic <clears throat> lead for Tara, which worked. He had to be both the, the the guy that is fiercely protective of his friends. But he also he also showed the vulnerability of being like I really don't want this to happen to me again. Yeah. What was he like in part one though? Because I honestly don't he was, remember. He was kind of the same. This was just like had the depth of he'd yeah. gone through a real trauma and pain and almost died, and he's terrified of it happening again. Well, like I said, they made it. They made you care yeah. so deeply. About I liked these him characters. a lot. In this right. One. So when I, th- I when thought he I, was going to die, when they're going to die, I'm like I'm going to be really sad. I'm like good for you, Scream Six, for making me care about a character. He had a really noble death that didn't end up being a death. Hey, remember yes. Freddy versus Jason, the noble death of the nerd? That was that was. Sad. I'm gonna assume if you found a horror podcast like this, you've seen Freddy versus Jason. I uh, just assume anyone who's listening to this has seen horror. As things. you can tell, Pete doesn't remember a lot of things, even from last Thursday. I don't. But he remembers this death because it, was... it is so out of place. <laughs> it's shocking. I don't remember the guy's name. No, the nerd kid though. The nerd kid who's in love with the Destiny's Child uh, singer. Uh, he, he gets, he's, he's like run through and thrown into a tree and he tells her, eh, it's going to be okay. Just go, just run. I'm fine. It'll be, I'll be fine. And then he bleeds out and dies with this look on his face. And I'm like, what a noble death out of nowhere for a side comedy character. It, it stuck with me low these many years. I haven't seen it since the theater. So I saw yeah. it one time in the theater and in, in 20-03. 20 years ago. And I remember it. Good for him. That's quality. That's Is a Linderman or something? I don't remember. I see the movie a lot. I just, the, the character names. This is the I Know What You Did Last Summer conversation where you can bring Scream back because I'm interested in what's happening to Sydney and Dewey and Gail. You can bring Halloween back as many times as you want because I want to know what's happening with Laurie Strode. And they're like, hey, we're going to bring back I Know What You Did Last Summer. I don't even know those characters' names. Who's asking for this? Yes. <clears throat> oh, again, uh, to your point, I believe you said that they a sequel, you just up the violet. That's what yeah. you do. You up the, and it was a lot more graphic, which I enjoyed. I'm not big on the, you know, the slat, like the gore level of, you know, like uh, Saw and Texas Chainsaw Massacre type things. Yes, there was a lot of knives going into orifices. Yes, that was a, a big theme. Um, public, like, shootings in the supermarket, not the uh, corner store, the bodega. That was really good. Yeah, there yeah. were some really good set pieces. Oh, I loved, absolutely. I, you said it went on too long, and I don't disagree, but that the, the subway sequence, oh, I thought was excellent. That was really good for ratcheting up the nerves. I'm just thinking, but honestly, it didn't how have was a it pay- part two? How was part two, like, watching it the second time, knowing everything? Like, oh, I, I thought... Did it play well again, or no? I thought it all worked, yeah. I think that not once boring. you know who the killer is... Uh, the killers are. Yeah. Uh, it becomes a little even more interesting to watch how Dermot Mulroney is playing everything. Okay. Because he's faking everything. And uh, oh yeah, yeah. I assume that would be fun. I just meant that subway scene not in helpful. particular. And you know, uh, even like, why did the why did why did Samantha's therapist have to die? And it's like because the scene right before that, they're talking about her therapist. So of course they went and killed. <laughs> like they're they're tying okay. up everything. They're getting all the information. On her, they can get, and they're tying up all the loose ends, and they're just drawing it in close to her. It's very much like Five, where I'm pretty positive it's Mindy's fault that uh, Sheriff Judy and and her son Wes die, because oh, she lays out in okay. front of the killers that nobody cares about them. They'll never go after you, and the first reaction they have is, "Shit, she's onto us. Let's do the opposite of what she again. said." Okay. Yeah, that's a good one, especially because we get Richie. 
I know. Uh, yeah, what were we talking about before that, though? The one problem with, with the uh, other killers, his brother and sister, supposedly, in this one. Oh, Richie's brother and sister? And they just don't have his wild-eyed entertainment. No, but Dermot Mulroney makes up for Dermot that. Dermot Mulroney, you get, he's his dad. Yeah, yeah, you get that. Like, we, do he, get, we do get a Jack Quaid cameo via the movie that's playing that he filmed that they're running in the, his oh, okay, shrine, yeah. and you see him up there talking, and uh, it's nice to have him back. I, I <laughs> yep. swore he'd return. Yeah, I guess he did. Can we get Richie's ghost versus Billy's ghost? I'm telling you, what I want for part three, if they're going to go off the rails like they did for um, Scream 3 the first time, and we're, we're going to keep following the direct line like we just remade two, so we're going to remake three, I want it to be a ghost fight. Don't bring in Jay and Silent Bob. Make it, bring in everyone who's died. Bring in their ghosts. Let me get a, a, a rumble. Then you can have the other people running around. Maybe bring in the Ghostbusters. Tying who, a who would win a dead, oh, boy. dead killer rumble? Oh, boy, those are the tough questions, right? First off, a lot of people are handicapped because I don't remember who the killers were, so they're right out of the list. Yeah. So that it really brings it down to Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant was one of the least effective. He, he <laughs> I don't remember. He made it about four lines into the explanation before he got shot. Oh, is that what happened to him? Yeah. Oh, well, that means he's had more time being a ghost. He's got some practice. He's had less time in. than Billy and Stu. That's true. So those guys are going to be tough. They got, you know, they put how much training? I know Billy's been putting in the training, but Stu, we don't know. Does, does Dermot Mulroney count for this? Dermot Mulroney, he's dead, right? He's in. He's not a ghost face, but come on. So I feel like. Or is he a coach? He might be the coach. Ooh, imagine him coaching you. I feel like Mickey wouldn't be very good. He also wasn't even his plan. He needed to have somebody do everything for him and set everything up for him and pay his tuition. He was basically just a loser. Well, Dermot Mulroney didn't really have a. Plans. Sure, he did kill well, he everybody. Stumbled across, but, but not kill you at all of the ample chances I have to do it and cover it up because I'm a cop. I could have just done that at any point. I'm going to stage again an elaborate costume prank. Again, we learned this from Richie. Well, from yeah, Richie. Billy even did it. Billy was like, "I'm going to get vengeance for my mother leaving. Here's what we're going to need." Yeah, two dime <laughs> store ghost face masks. Father Death was what they were called the original. Were they? I didn't know. It, it's okay. very briefly on screen. You can see it's a Father Death mask. Okay. Do you remember the '90s? Those things just—I don't. They were always kind of there. Do I remember the '90s? Hmm. Andy Dick was saying he was on TV a lot. Going, do you remember? Was it the '80s? Remember when? I remember. It was VH1 show, I think. And they had also had pop up videos, which were fantastic. I feel like I remember the Bills losing four Super Bowls. They did. That was the '90s. And then I remember just drinking. I don't re- drinking a lot. <laughs> That's all you really need, right? Yeah. That's what the bills will do to you. Uh, no, no, the the mask though. It, the Jim Carrey mask. Yeah, that one. Smoking. Smoking. That's that's the good section of the movie. That was also the nineties. No, it, oh, it was ninety eight. Might even been before that, but around then. Nin- oh no, yeah, ninety. Because Ace Ventura was like ninety four or something. So that was probably like a ninety. Courtney Cox, Ace Ventura. Pet I know. I remember. All right, anyway, Ghost Rumble. That's where we are. Ghost Rumble. So I feel uh, like Mickey sucks. Uh, Mrs. Loomis, I mean, she's going to get overpowered. So two's out. Roman, just go just sit in the corner. Nope. Uh, we got Billy and Stu, always serviceable. Well, it's, yeah, it's Although, tough to fight with the originals. I think you can always tell <clears throat> when Stu is the ghost face because he's just comically inept. I have not paid attention to part one to see if... A that, lot of like, Pratt Falls. Is it really? They, a lot of... You can tell. Is this something the internet already not, knows? Am I late to the it's party? It's not. I think Billy's probably in the costume for some of that anyway. But both those ghost faces are... They are easily thwarted by 
doors and faces. You can open like you know. Like, I do remember the comical open a cupboard. It is. A, there's a lot of like I'm gonna throw these marbles on the floor and see what happens. A and very then they, then they wily coyote esque yeah falls. Oh, that is fantastic. Yeah. You know, I I did not think about it to this day, but it just adds to the fun of the movie. It's a yeah. Fun no, it's great. Movie. Yeah. I, they're they're regular people. That's the thing. They're not overpowered monstrous things. They're they're regular people that can get hurt and can get. Right. So I, I don't mind that at all. But they do have that slapstickiness going for them. They were a step away from painting a tunnel into a wall and watching someone run into it. Uh, Charlie in 4 has the same problem as Mickey, where he's just easily dispatched by the other killer because they are the not the alpha. Yeah. So Jill, completely insane. Love her. Small girl, but she is just... I love her. So we're going to leave her with Billy and Stu for a minute. Okay. And then Richie, I mean... His plan worked. Yeah. And but, but Amber kills Amber kills Dewey. Physically, he didn't I don't know. No, but Amber kills Dewey. And that's the, he she got a real one. Although Mrs. Loomis got Randy. I don't think either of the two new ghost faces are, are making it to the end of the rumble, since I don't even remember their names without looking yeah, them up no, before no. this podcast started. Okay. So we're down to Billy, it's, Stu, it's curly, Jill. It's curly headed kid Richie. and uh no, 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 I meant the, I'm just talking roommate. about the, uh, the two new ones. Slutty roommate and curly-headed kid. Slutty roommate and Amber. It's both no. the roommates. Both it's, the roommates. It's Chad's roommate, and it's uh, Sam and Tara's roommate. Okay. All right, so anyway, so they're out. So we're down to Billy and Stu. Billy, Stu, Jill, Richie, Amber. And we're not counting Dermot Mulroney. I'm going to bring him, what if I bring him in as a coach? I really like that idea. I want him to be my coach. Whatever. I'm going to take him, and I'm going to take... Uh, uh, the crazy one, the one that you don't, you already said he's dead because he got shot four sentences in. I think with some proper coaching, <laughs> you gotta let this Mickey thing go. If you when you watch the movie again, the thing you're gonna think most is, you Boy, know, he's barely like in this song. movie. You know what this movie needs a little more Timothy Oliphant. It needs a lot more Timothy Justified. Oliphant. Justified. When he takes off the mask, my first reaction in 1997 was, oh, I forgot he was in this movie. That's not a good. That's not a good reveal. But it's okay because he got Jerry O'Connell holding you over, and he wasn't even get... Timothy Oliphant yet. I mean, he might have been named that, but nobody knew who he was. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So Deadwood I, was years away. All right, I think I'm gonna go with man. It's probably Billy. Only it probably is Billy. He's because I mean, they brought him back, so he's freshest in my mind, just as the psychosis that lives in her head. The last two movies, while staking their own claim on new characters and future ideas has really idolized Billy and given him yeah. all the credit for all of this. Just just so if anyone is possibly listening, I don't think that Billy is a ghost. I know this is a thing in the scream the world. I don't think yeah. he's a ghost. I think it's just a manifestation of her her mental health issues. That was one of my uh big things about the last movie is how many people didn't understand it. Okay. Where they're like, was well, he a good guy now? He's helping her. It's like he's not there. No, there isn't. There, there is no, no Billy. Billy. Right. It's All right. it's it's the it's the it's a physical for you representation of what's happening in her mind. And that scene at the end of five, when she's crawling towards the door, if you look very closely, she is not crawling towards the door. She is crawling towards an umbrella, which is the the thing that Sydney uses to defend herself in that same house twenty five years earlier. She is literally crawling towards the weapon of the victim in this movie they're remaking. Right next to that is a knife. And people are like, well, he showed her the knife. He did not show her the knife. She, he can't. He's not there. That is the side of her saying, do not choose to be the victim. Choose to be what you are. 
do what Billy would do and just kill this motherfucker. Right. And that is that is what happened in that scene. There is no I don't like it because he's kind of on Sydney's side now. He is not on Sydney's side. He has been dead for twenty five years, twenty seven now. He has no say in this. He has no opinion. He's not giving her information. That being said, if they go part three, I, I, I'm okay with them being ghosts, like actual ghosts who show up. So then and he would be a literal ghost face. So I think I'm going to... That is true, and I like it. I'm going to go with Stu, just to keep it interesting, because I don't. I know he's crazy and inept, and I like that in my killers. I don't know. I feel like he's not in, inept at running around and you know getting knocked over. And but he's so trusting. That's his problem, right? Like he I think did, he's in love with Billy. It's the, oh, yeah, right. I that, think it's, I think that it's, was obvious. You can't not see no. it. Yeah. Um, he also has a great moment in that movie where he's surprised. He does not know why Billy's doing this, which means he never asked why they were doing it. It's my favorite Stu moment is when he looks shocked that. when Billy gives, says, you know, your mother, my mother left because of you. And he looks like, this is the first time hearing of this. And I'm like, <laughs> like what? what? Did he, why were they doing this? He's like, because he's just legitimately crazy. Right. And, oh, now I know why. All right, cool. No, he's more like, oh, I didn't realize we were doing this for a reason. I feel like he was almost disappointed. I don't remember that. I get like he I really just it. he really just wanted he thought they were both completely insane and it's like oh no, this guy has a reason he's doing it. Oh, see, I got, see, I want to watch everything we talk about. I say I need except to watch three. that again. Except three, I, I can confidently question mark say I'm never gonna see three again. You never want to watch Patrick Dempsey? Oh, I do love me McDreamy. Can't buy me love. Before, but you know what? He's back now, so he's not as interesting. Is he back or well, is that was, over? Well, uh, he was back enough. I think he was that back ten years ago. Probably back like 15 years ago. When did Scream 3 come out? That was when he was back. Scream 3 came out in 2000. Yeah, so that's when he came back. He came back like But he was on that show later. for like 15 years. I yeah, think. I guess. I, don't, I never watched that show. He's back in my world. The way I view time, he was back, so now I'm bored with him again. He's probably been out of the circuit for 20 years. So were you disappointed in... You weren't disappointed in the reveal of the killers because of the Dermot Mulroney oh, part of it. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they must have known. Like, we're doing the revenge thing again, but we got somebody who's going to just make a meal out of and this. And it's so much fun because I think, I having not seen it a second time, you'll be able to go back and watch Dermot Mulroney knowing, just watch him play. Because he once you think, oh, he's going to be the bad guy. No, he's a cop out for revenge. He's off the rails. First, he, first time I watched it with you, when he walks out of supposedly seeing his daughter having been murdered, and he's crying and sad, I was like, it's like, oh, this is an interesting character now because he was kind of, am I helping, am I not? And I was going to help. And this time watching it is like, oh, this guy's hilarious. <laughs> right. Right, because once Cause he's faking this entire thing, once and the he's reveal just, comes, it's a fantastic. I feel like joyride of an ending. I feel like I need like an alternate take of him, like before he walks out there, rubbing some hot pepper in his eyes, so he can walk out and be like, "Oh, oh I have no children now," and it's like that's good stuff. Deleted scenes. Yes. So yeah, I think he does raise it to and where it, it could have just been these. There's only like four new characters. It's two of them. Mm-hmm. That could have been nothing without a, a motive. And it, it's nice because he didn't find them on the internet. It's a nice little, it's a nice little family affair. I, and it's, I think it's because of well, the it's over much the like top. the Fast and Furious movies. These movies are all about family. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That's ooh, another another part three note. Let's stick it in. Throw in the Fast and the Furious, Ghostbusters, and them with the ghosts of all the previous oh. Ghostface. Yes. That's my part three. Well, I'm right now. I mean. I mean, I, I'm not voting against Vin Diesel because he won't allow himself to look weak on film. Is The Rock still in that? He's He's been in the Hobbs and Shaw movie, but he will not act with Vin Diesel anymore because they both are very stubborn people who who have like in their contracts that they're only allowed to show weakness for a certain amount of time. Really? Yes, they can't lose fights. 
The Rock? Yeah. Oh, I'm so disappointed, Dwayne Johnson. I just... Vulnerability is a thing that works in movies. We just talked about how Chad in this movie was way better because he is the most physically threatening of the survivors, but he's he's has to do it while overcoming. He multiple times gets in physical confrontations to help people, but he's doing it while overcoming his own fears. That makes him a way more interesting character than Black Adam. Not for nothing, you don't get that in horror movies. Like slasher films, You not even just horror in general, it's really hard to buy into a character and to sell somebody. I get it, they had a part one, so you already know the characters, but I forgot who they all were. So part two made me care about the characters right. in one film. That's what really this, well done. That's what makes this series the most unique, because, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis comes back every 20 years and you get some more Laurie Strode, but we followed Gail for six movies. We followed Sydney for five movies. We followed Dewey for five movies. We got Randy for a second movie. We got uh, we got Kirby back for a second movie. We have these all these new characters were in the second movie, and the, I'm gonna guess that them and and Cute Boy will be back in the next one. You're getting that doesn't happen. No, and you know what it does. It's like the Marvel movies. It happens, but that's oversaturation. Yeah. I'm feeling at this point as a Marvel fan and a comic book fan. I'm I am oversaturated with the amount of Marvel things I have to keep up with. Whereas this, you get that, but it's spread out over time, which, as you say, I don't see that anywhere else. There are probably a hundred places. There's a hundred and I don't know them. Well, in horror, usually back in the day of slashers, they would bring the person back to kill them. Oh, yeah, like a survivor, you mean? Like Nightmare on Elm Street 3, three people survive. In the fourth one, they're all dead by the end of the first act. Okay, yeah, that, yeah. You know, right, that's, right. And uh, Friday 13th, the original survivor, dies in the first... 10 minutes of the second. They do that in a lot of sequels, right? They either, yeah. they don't want to pay somebody or contracts don't work. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think it's mostly <laughs> in the first one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, they right. don't want to pay somebody. You know, the Friday 13th movies famously would have different titles. They used David Bowie songs as titles for their for their movies when they were in production so that people, when they were getting cast, wouldn't know it was a Friday 13th movie and say, hey, these movies make a lot of money and it's a Paramount picture. Like, why am I not getting paid? Oh. Until you were paid and then you'd show up on set and Jason would walk by and you'd be like, oh. Oh, man. I guess this is what this is. I gotta get me a better agent. Yeah, they did not like paying. That's how they okay. stayed profitable for so okay. long. This, speaking of profits, number one at the box office. Was it? For, shattered their previous best box office. Okay. Opening weekend. Uh, I think their previous was Scream 3 somehow because 1 and 2 were so strong. There's been a few horror movies that have been number one at the box office this year. Uh, or not, well, in the last little while, not they, this year. They actually haven't been. I looked this up earlier. They've all done well, but Avatar stuck at first for so long that like Megan was a giant hit will never hitting number one, I don't think. Oh. So, there, and Ant-Man came out, was number one for four weeks. So these movies have been doing, Knock at the Cabin was, was number one. Oh, really? That and this one. will be number one. But I think I think what happened was they all just had super strong openings opposite the blockbusters. Okay. But they've been doing horror's been doing. You know, Megan was huge. Yeah, Megan made a lot of money. And already a sequel, and then this was this made forty almost forty five million dollars opening weekend, which is more than Scream Four made its entire run. I think it's made over seventy worldwide already. Um, cost thirty five to make. They've already doubled their money, so there's it's not slowing down. Okay. And their previous high was I think thirty four million or something. In two thousand, not a, not a, you know adjusted for inflation or anything, right? But because that's math, and I'm not going to do that. I just assume the small number gets bigger. Yeah, that, I think that's what inflation. If is. I had, if I knew how money worked, I wouldn't be doing this podcast for free. But wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Well, like I said, we'll get to that at the end, and we have reached the end. Last thoughts on Scream Six? Scream Six is an enjoyable movie. 
I give it five stars out of six. And um, I look forward to part three. I Sometimes we just go see movies because it's a horror film, and hey, I guess I'll go. But this one, I'm I'm invested in. I'm glad they. Do you have survived. any hopes for the next one about what happens with these? Are they going to pay off this, Samantha, this of crazy thing? Outside of my ghost fight, Ghostbusters crossover. Yeah. Okay. No, it can just be that. Uh, oh boy! So it's because it's, hmm. it's a it's a either or kind of wild. I either want a a tight little nice serious finish, or I want my ghost you know off the rails nonsense. But I don't think that's going to happen. So at the very least, I guess I would like to be sad and have some of those characters die off, because it's going to hurt. I feel in in part three. I would I like. Care now. I care, Chad. My my thing I would like is for it to do really well, and then be the end of a trilogy, and for them to take eleven years off and then make one more standalone movie and then wait eleven years to make another trilogy because. Once this next trilogy is complete, that fourth movie just is the most fascinating thing to me. As a standalone in the it's middle? It's just there. It's perfect, though. It's, it's amazing that it's there. It, it grows in esteem over time. As a bridge. It's, uh, it's incredible that it exists. You don't need to make a trilogy about everything. Because it did like. not hit. No. And we still got it. It was Wes Craven's last movie. There's so many things about it that are oh, interesting. That was his last one. That's right. I knew that. Yeah. I know things. I, I don't have this... Like I can't say this for a fact. I haven't read this anywhere. But my assumption has always been the only reason it exists is because the studio came to them and said, we're going to remake Scream. And they said, oh, just let us do another one and we'll make it about remakes because everything was getting remade. In 06? In oh, 2011. Oh, that's when that one came out? Oh, yeah. Boy. Okay. In 2004, I think, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake came out. And then we saw Hills Have Eyes, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, uh... Friday the 13th, everything, Black Christmas, everything got remade for that decade. Wasn't the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake just that they had it, like, and they were sitting on it because it was McConaughey? That's not the remake. That oh, is a no? That is a really bad movie that's super fun to watch in retrospect. Okay. That's just, that's actually just one of the original series. Oh, okay. It's the fourth one. All right, well. Before Renee Zellweger and... I'm not going to learn... Two Academy Award film. winners running around... I've just about got the scream one kind of sorted out in my head. I can't. We, we sat down, and you just openly admitted you couldn't remember anything from a week ago. That's. I remember Chad, and I remember uh, Mork and Mindy, and I remembered Stormy Weathers, Gale Weathers. Yes, and <laughs> I remember everyone else: Samantha and uh, Jenna Ortega. That's that's her name. Uh, I want for the next one to do the original things that this one teased doing. You can't do that one now. You can't, you know, know who the ghost face is because you've already kind of... Why not? I just feel like you... If you this, this, will, this is the one thing that bothered me about the movie is if you're going to have an idea that I think is that interesting and good, it should be the idea. Yeah. Don't, not just cast off in the opening. Don't pull out. Go all in. Yeah. He's nodding at me in a really creepy way. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. So I want them to... I don't know who's going to live and die. I think that you do it like the last one where... You can't have survivors. You know, you don't have to kill everybody. I want, but I'm going to be sad, right? You got to, but you got to have a good point, right? Do they What's have the to point? pick a final girl at some point? That's the question. But how do you do it? Because you run into the problem where there's. I not, mean, it's Jen Ortega. She's the star. Kill her in the first scene, right? Uh, she survived two opening scenes now. Just want to throw that out. Oh yeah, good point. Because even though she's not the victim or attacked, or even though she's in danger in that opening, she is in the opening scene again briefly for like 30 seconds, which means she has now survived two opening scenes, which is fun. So, Killer in the third? That would be 
shocking, right? All right. But, and then the whole movie is just Samantha's vengeance. Oh boy, see that's fun. That's but there you go. I was just getting to what what is the point? Because again, we don't have any kind of change in technology. Because I'm assuming this one's coming out like a year from now, or you know, it's in the pipes already. Like in production. I'm sure it's getting it greenlit right. any day now. Right, right. So I assume it's going to be. There's no big jump in anything. So what's the story? Last time, the third one was just a mess, and so far they followed everything pretty much like the first. Yeah, trilogy. I hope that I, this gives them a chance to do what they didn't do last time and, and stick the landing. The last one just decided to shove its own head up its ass. There you go, kill Jenna Ortega at the beginning. Now you've got at least I'm like, well, that's something. So I, I, I just hope they find. I have no thoughts. The end. They can redo the thing that never made sense in the third one, where they talked about how this is a trilogy of stories, and it never made sense for anything they did in three. But they can try to make that make sense now. And what's do the it. trilogy then? What's the, the the trilogy for these characters? Yeah, yeah. But I guess what what's the tropes? What's it doesn't. The... It, there's there isn't one. Okay. Uh, what are the horror trilogies that stand out to you? They just keep going forever. Yeah, that is true. I guess. Yeah. Well, boy, so it's got to be off the rails. The only horror trilogy I can think of, right? I think they should just back to the future. As the first one was honoring and remaking basically the first, and the second one was honoring and redoing a lot of the second. This one should honor the third one by just opening with somebody taking a steaming pile of shit on on a plate and just serving it right to the audience. The end. And and all the actors should show up and be like, oh, I don't want to be here again, because that is that is the feeling that permeates the third Part movie. Three. And we got to bring in somebody who is what fifteen years past any sort of relevance culturally. So who would that be now? Uh, uh, sadly, Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll see you next time.